respond, Chester Blackwood was the most famous, most successful writer of science fiction in the last 15 years. His stories and novels had been among the most inspirational things Eddie had ever read, and meeting his idol was something he had been hoping for since he had first begun getting published in Stupendous. I assume you don't mind, Whistler said pulling the cigar out of his mouth and holding it over the galleys like a pen. About Blackwood? Yep. The editor set the galleys down now and stared at Eddie with more scrutiny than Eddie would have liked. No, Eddie said a bit too quickly. I don't mind at all, he paused. Why would I mind? Whistler shrugged. Starstruck, maybe? A writer like you? A writer like him? Some guys get antsy. No. No, he said. It's fine. What time's he coming in? He realized he might not get his chance to bring up the cover illustration if he didn't say something about it quickly. Whistler glanced at his wristwatch. Should be here now. SOB's always late, though. Eddie barely had time to register shock at the epithet when the door to Whistler's office swung violently open behind him, slamming against the wall and half-bouncing closed again before Eddie could turn in surprise. He heard before he saw the woman in the doorway shouting, Whistler, God damn it, I've had it. Twisted around in the chair, Eddie beheld a beautiful woman whose anger practically bubbled out of her with platinum hair hanging to her shoulders and bright, gaudy makeup exaggerating otherwise stunning lips and eyes. She stood in a tattered green terrycloth robe, her chest heaving, her face red, and her eyes brimming with tears of rage. She looked to be about twenty-five, perhaps a year or two younger than Eddie. Whistler stood up behind the desk and calmly said, now look, sweetie, don't sweetie me, you son of a bitch, she shouted, stepping all the way into the room only two feet away from Eddie, but oblivious to his presence. I'm not doing it. Not this time. Not anymore. All right. All right. Just calm down and catch your breath for a second. When she remained silent, Whistler continued. This is Mr. Royce, by the way. You may be modeling for one of his stories next month, if he gets his way. Eddie turned again to look at Whistler, stunned at what appeared to be Whistler's amazing intuition. The editor really did know writers, but probably not women, Eddie thought. The woman barely glanced in Eddie's direction and then said more calmly now, Not a chance. You either need to get Klaus another model, or you need to get me another artist. I've had it, I tell you. Let's not go overboard here, Roxy. Whistler was beginning to take a patronizing tone with her. Eddie doubted that it would do any good. Now tell me what the problem is, and we'll see what we can work out. This is the problem. The woman said, her voice rising again, as she quickly undid the terry cloth belt and pulled open the robe. Eddie felt his face grow red, and he glanced quickly at the floor before finding himself compelled to look up again and stare. She stood in an outfit that would have been perfectly suited to one of the women on the covers of Stupendous. 
gold boots that went to just above the knee, fishnet stockings covering her thighs, gold short pants that went only to the tops of her thighs, and wide gold suspenders that crisscrossed her bare chest, leaving her breasts almost completely exposed. They swayed slightly from the motion of her arms having yanked the robe open, and Eddie found himself wondering what kept the suspenders in place. It was the same question he would have asked if he had seen her on the cover of the magazine. Whistler cleared his throat. A little too much skin, huh? Yeah, she responded sharply, her eyes growing wide, challenging. You know he'll change your face on the final drawing. It's not like you'll be walking down the street and people will recognize you from the cover. They never have before. That's not it, and you know it. He's